0: Time for us to get into our parenting feature conversation for this morning. And we're talking about the importance of touch, especially in a world with so many screens, cell phones, iPods, MacBooks, even television screens increasingly are becoming touch screens. Um, But is that the kind of touch children need? and why is touch so important joined as always by our resident human potential and parenting expert nikki bush and maybe you have a question as a parent about how to help your kids learn through the sense of touch away from screens you can give us a call on 011-883-0702 send us a whatsapp message on 72 702 uh, joined as always by resident human potential and parenting expert Nikki Bush. Nikki a very good morning to you as always great to have you on the show. Good morning good morning. So why is it so important to be talking about touch and someone might say well aren't kids doing a lot of tactile learning or learning through touch precisely because so many of them are iPad babies we've all seen the kids uh, Mm -hmm. sitting at a restaurant sitting at a table and the only way they can eat their food I mean there's some grown-ups who are like this as well the only way they can eat their food is for there to be a screen in front of them does that count as tactile learning does that I guess engage their sense of touch in the way that we are discussing this morning
1: This is such a good example that you've just given of um, a misunderstanding of the sense of touch. So no, we're not discussing touch screens. We are discussing three-dimensional touch. Mm -hmm. You see, the skin is the biggest sensory organ of the body. And our children actually need to feel through their skins what they've seen with their eyes, what they've heard with their ears, what they've tasted with their mouths, what they've smelled with their noses. And so our children make sense of their world and create meaning and understanding in a very three-dimensional way. Screens are not three-dimensional. So, for example, your child can't tell that a ball is round through the sense of touch by seeing a ball on a screen. They have to experience it in a three-dimensional way. They have to experience that a ball or a circle has no sharp edges, has no corners. They need to experience all the different shapes in order to know that a triangle has three points and a square has four and a rectangle has two long sides and two short sides, but a square only has four short sides. They need to experience things like rough and smooth. So texture is very important. Think about a screen. It's always flat and it's always smooth. Mm. So texture, for example, would be making sure that your little one gets to crawl and walk on the grass. You would be amazed how many babies scream when they touch grass because they haven't been introduced to grass for the first year of life. Yeah. They've been kept indoors on smooth wood laminate floors or tiled floors. They need to experience lots of different textures, lots of different temperatures, warm cold. They need to experience weight, the weight of something. They might be able to see an apple on a screen, but have they actually held an apple in their hand? Can they actually feel the weight of an apple, the shape of an apple, the texture of the apple's skin? Have they um, experienced the inside of an apple, which is very sensory? So there's that sense of crunch in your your mouth, as well as in your ears. There's the juiciness as the apple drips, there's the sweetness sour of the apple. So this is all the sense of touch tactile learning is giving the brain so much information. Mm -hmm. On a screen, an elephant and a mouse can be exactly the same size. So your child needs a real life example of seeing a real elephant in the wild or in a zoo and how big is that elephant next to your child you see all learning starts with the child mm-hmm. that's how they create meaning daddy is taller than me i'm shorter than daddy mummy is bigger than me i'm smaller than mummy um they they need to experience those variations they need to learn how to compare and all of this starts with the sense of touch so the result of less touch and less tactile learning is that your child's not getting the necessary information to understand their physical world and they're also not interacting uh, with the world through the sense of fine motor coordination. Um, fine motor coordination is the small muscles of the hands and the eyes working together. So when your child goes to pick up a puzzle piece with their hands and judge with their eyes where to place the puzzle piece, it's a very different experience to drop and drag on a screen. So there are many children, Googs, who can do a 100-piece puzzle on an iPad at the age of five, Mm -hmm. but when they go for a school readiness test for grade R, they cannot do a 24-piece real puzzle on a tabletop because they haven't developed the tactile skills, the fine motor coordination skills, the spatial planning skills in three dimensions. It is incredibly, incredibly challenging for them if they haven't had this real experience. So yes, screens are fantastic. Your children can do so much with them, but don't miss out the most critical thing that your child actually can deal with the physical world around them. And you need to make sure you give your children a lot of multi-sensory learning opportunities, not one-dimensional learning opportunities on screens. Mm. Uh,
0: a couple of weeks ago, we had a conversation about some of the ways uh, children are unable to do quite basic developmental things for themselves, pack their own bags, pack their own lunchbox, change from their uniform to their sports kits, uh, carry their own bag, um, because, you know, a lot of that stuff is being done by parents and often because parents are just trying to get the thing done quickly. We're all very time-starved, um, you know, and often when the parent does it, it is a lot quicker. How much of, you know, some of those developmental challenges where a child is in grade seven or grade one and they can't pack their own bag, carry their own bag, change, you know, from uniform mm. to uh, sports kit, how much of that is also because perhaps they didn't get as much opportunity to um, have tactile learning, um, spend time touching things, mm-hmm. packing things, folding mm-hmm. things, uh, putting things away, carrying things. Is that, you know, when kids do things for themselves, is that an example of
1: tactile learning, that like learning in 3D that you're speaking about? Yes. So it's very much a part of the story Um helping children to acquire those skills. You see, you just mentioned folding their clothes, putting them away. That's fine motor coordination. It's spatial planning. Mm-hmm. And so children need a lot of different ways to experience the world, a lot of different ways to um, acquire these skills, not the same old, same old. The problem with being on a screen is that it's using Very similar neurological pathways all the time, and not developing that wide, broad range of neurological pathways. So, let's look at some of the other things that are standing in the way of tactile learning. You've mentioned the one, which is that, uh, you know, parents do things for their children um, because it's time efficient. But we also have this um, situation where parents want to keep their houses tidy. So they don't encourage play with things like dough and finger paint because those will leave too much mess. So we rather leave those things for the school to do. Now, I always say to parents, in your kitchen, uh, while you are, are cooking, keep all the messy play stuff in a cupboard in your kitchen. You can pop your children on the kitchen counter or on a stool at the kitchen counter. And while you're cooking, they can be playing with Play-Doh. And we've spoken a lot on this show about how you can make your own Play-Doh even, uh, which is a science experiment. But go and get yourself some Play-Doh in a tub and keep that in your kitchen. Give your children a knife and a fork, give them the cookie cutters, give them a rolling pin, And they can do sensopathic play while you are busy cooking. And what that will do is lower their stress levels. So when they are pulling and pushing and prodding the Play-Doh, that's stimulating the sense of touch in the skin as well as the sense of proprioception, which is how the uh, muscles and the joints convey information to the brain. How hard must they push the Play-Doh? When they roll the Play-Doh into balls, what sort of coordination is required? How hard should they squeeze in order to create a perfect ball? Can you understand how much sensory information is going through the skin, the muscles and the joints to the brain, informing the brain? Now, on a screen, you just cannot get that. It's impossible. So um, our children are spending too much time on screens instead of interacting with and discovering the real world. And I've mentioned three-dimensional learning, which is acquired through concrete learning. Up until the age of 12 books... We're not just talking about babies and preschoolers here. Mm. Up until the age of 12, children need concrete learning experiences with real games, with real toys, with real children way beyond a screen. So it's super, super important that your four-year-old can play a shape-matching game in the real world that they can build puzzles in the real world, that they can make fun out of nothing using sticks and stones and mud and leaves. Now, right now the leaves are starting to fall from the trees Mm -hmm. because autumn's on its way. That's a wonderful sensory learning activity because they can feel that dry leaves are crunchy. Dry leaves can break, whereas a green leaf is a completely different texture. And another thing that's happening is the children are not being allowed to spend a long time in the bath because we're busy. So we want to get them in and out of the bath quickly and we don't let them stay in the bath for long. So how about getting in the bath with your child? It is not taboo. Bath with your child. It's a wonderful way of bonding with your child at the end of the day, of reconnecting, of having a very physical three-dimensional experience. Use bubble bath, Um, use um, soap to draw on each other's backs. That is a big sensory experience. Your child is learning perhaps their numbers in grade one, grade two. Uh, They're learning their letters. They're learning how to read and write. They can draw on your back. You have to guess what they've been drawing. You draw on their backs. They have to guess, make it age appropriate. If they're learning shapes, draw shapes. If they're learning letters, draw letters. Children love being in the bath. It's something that really calms children down at the end of a day. And it's a place where we don't have devices. So even you will be physically present and emotionally present in the bath. And There's another thing that children are not exposed to today. When they're sitting in their high chairs, they're often, as you said earlier, being fed or eating in front of an iPad or in front of a screen of one kind or another. Mm -hmm. And they are not allowed to play with their food. So if you do have um, a... A child who's sitting in a high chair, say from um, six, seven months of age, right through to the age of two and a half, three, you need to let them play with that spaghetti. They need to play with some on the on the tabletop, with their hands. They need to be mushing it, squeezing it, eating it, rubbing it all over their faces. This is important. This is an important way that children discover texture and taste and, you know, hard and soft and squidgy. It's really, really important. So please don't stop your child from doing that because you want to keep your house clean. We're not saying they must throw their food. They need to learn that they can't put food all over the walls. Children need boundaries. Mm -hmm. And at the high chair or On the tray, at the kitchen counter, that's where they can do this kind of sensory learning. Super, super important.
0: An SMS on 31702 says, Dear Goggs, if Nikki can find a solution to stop tantrums by kids in supermarkets without parents placing a tech device in front of them, she would be a millionaire. And I wonder... Uh, With kids often, you know, being a little bit niggly and a little bit, um, I guess, demanding in the shops, you've often said, you know, your kids need three things from you. Um, They need to be fed, watered, uh, and they need your attention. And if you fed them and watered them, then chances are they need a little bit of your attention. (laughs) But how much of, you know, the shops, because shops are such a big... I imagine sensory experience. So many colors, so many textures, so many... And a lot of the stuff, I mean, you kind of need to manage it. You were just saying kids need boundaries. But kids wanting to touch and feel. Why does that look crunchy? Why does that look soft? Why is that orange? Why does that look fluffy? Why is that round and furry? Um, And of course, it can be a little bit chaotic if you have kids, you know, pulling jars and packets and things. But how much of what sometimes happens in the shops... Is kids wanting to interact with all of these interesting <laughs> things and wanting to touch them to figure out
1: what yeah. is it? How does it feel? Well, to our caller who sent through the message, we are actually going to do a whole show about that next week about what to do with your children when they're in the shops. Because one of the things that you haven't said is that children are actually being bombarded mm. in a in their through their senses. There's there's overwhelm, sensory overwhelm in the shopping centers. There's lots of light, there's lots of noise, there's lots of sound, there's lots of color, as you said. So let's keep that to next week, because I'm going to do a whole show on shopping centers and children and families. Mm -hmm. And let's finish off with a couple more things that you can do in your home to stimulate that sense of touch. So shaving cream. Is a wonderful sensory play experience. If you've got large sliding doors, you can let your child use shaving cream on a weekend, for example, for half an hour, um, where they can spread that shaving cream all over. The, the big door or the window. And then they can draw with their fingers in the shaving cream. It's a lovely experience. Not one you're going to do often because shaving cream is expensive, but a cheap option would be to make jelly together because jelly is sensory. It goes from being a dry powder to do, to being a, a wet mixture to being a solid gel. Very sensory for the fingers, for the hands and for the mouth. Then this is an interesting one and my niece taught me this when she was about three years of age. She asked for my ballpoint pen, it was a hot summer's day, and she literally drew on her body from her fingertips all the way up to her shoulders. She drew from her toes all the way up her legs. She was mapping her body, where it was beginning and where it was ending. Mm How about hiding a few small objects in a bowl of dried lentils or sugar beans that you might have in your pantry? Pour all the sugar beans and, and the lentils into a bowl and hide some of their, um, their plastic shapes within the bowl or hide sweeties in the bowl. The sensory experience, and I really do recommend that adults go and do this for themselves. Just Allowing yourself to play, put your hands in the bowl of lentils or sugar beans is a beautiful, calming sensory experience. It actually makes you feel very, very calm. Um, Things like, as I mentioned, Play-Doh paints, finger paints, um, allowing your children to cook and bake with you. It's a very multi-sensory experience. And then uh, you can put a different variety of food items in a bowl, like grapes and raisins and Rice Krispies and nuts and popcorn. You can blindfold your child and ask them to find specific items for you. So that's using the sense of touch as as a, a as a guide. They already know what the grape looks like. They know what the popcorn looks like. But can they? Can they find them without the use of their eyes? Such a beautiful play experience because it's a, it's exploratory. Mm-hmm. It's also adding more information to what they already know. So we really need to be balancing our children's time spent on a screen with doing real stuff in the real world, including things like playing with building blocks like Lego and Zoo, because their sense of pushing things together and pulling them apart is tactile and sensory. Yeah. And then let's finish with dolls and plush toys. What's the role of dolls and plush toys? Well, they're very sensory because it's that lovely soft fur and they're cuddly and it's a useful bridge to independence from the dummy to the teddy, from the teddy to grade R. So, sensopathic play, sensory play, tactile play provides essential foundations for your child to be school ready. Nikki, as
0: always, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Such a pleasure. And I hope all our parents enjoy their time with their children this weekend.